0: Hello and welcome to another episode of From the Beginning here at Heavenward Thinking. Today we're continuing on with a flood account. We're in Genesis chapter 9 and we're going to be just doing the first part of Genesis chapter 9 as we wrap up this whole story of the flood. So I'll read it and we'll get right into our discussion today. Then God blessed Noah and his sons, saying to them, Be fruitful and increase in number and fill the earth. The fear and dread of you will fall on all the beasts of the earth, and on all the birds in the sky, on every creature that moves along the ground, and on all the fish in the sea. They are given into your hands. Everything that lives and moves about will be food for you. Just as I gave you the green plants, I now give you everything. But you must not eat meat that has its lifeblood still in it. And for your lifeblood I will surely demand an accounting. I will demand an accounting from every animal, and from each human being too, I will demand an accounting for the life of another human being. Whoever sheds human blood, by humans shall their blood be shed. For in the image of God has God made mankind. As for you, be fruitful and increase in number. Multiply on the earth and increase upon it. Then God said to Noah and to his sons with him, I now establish my covenant with you and with your descendants after you and with every living creature that was with you, the birds, the livestock, and all the wild animals, all those that came out of the ark with you, every living creature on earth, I establish my covenant with you. Never again will all life be destroyed by the waters of a flood. Never again will there be a flood to destroy the earth. And God said, This is the sign of the covenant I am making between me and you and every living creature with you, a covenant for all generations to come. I have set my rainbow in the clouds, and it will be the sign of the covenant between me and the earth. Whenever I bring clouds over the earth and the rainbow appears in the clouds, I will remember my covenant between me and you and all living creatures of every kind. Never again will the waters become a flood to destroy all life. Whenever the rainbow appears in the clouds, I will see it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and all living creatures of every kind on the earth. So God said to Noah, this is the sign of the covenant I have established between me and all life on the earth. So here in just these first uh, 17 (laughs) verses, we have so many different important points. We're going to tackle them one at a time. Starting in the first few verses, we have uh, a command that God is giving to Noah and his sons. First, we have uh, God blessed Noah and his sons and told them to be fruitful and increase in number and fill the earth. Once again, uh, mankind is told to multiply. Mankind is told to fill the earth. And, and then we have the fear and dread of all the beasts will fall on you and that every creature was given into the hands of Noah and his sons, that every creature was given to them for food as well, Uh, not just the herbs, not just the plants. In the beginning of Genesis, we talked about how mankind was not originally uh, created to eat meat. Uh, We were uh, told to eat uh, the plants, the fruit of the trees, all those things, not uh, animals. We were not given permission to eat animals. And it's not until Genesis chapter 9 where we are given permission by God directly to Eat meat, and that uh, we are able to do that without eating the lifeblood in the animal. We're not supposed to have the blood, uh, for that is the the life of the animal or of a human being, uh, as God says in this chapter. So it's important that we see here there is something changing in the world. We have uh, mankind being allowed to eat uh, totally different uh, than they were before. They are given not just the plants for food, but the animals. That's an important thing that we know uh, chronologically Uh, so that when we look at fossil layers, we see that if there's an animal eating another animal or a a person who had an animal in their remains, uh, then we have to see that that would have happened uh, after the flood, not before. That once again points to a total refutal of any idea of millions of years or billions of years because you can't have millions and billions of years of humans uh, and animals eating each other when they were not uh, able to eat each other, uh, when they were not given that permission. And when we see what scripture says that we were originally created to eat uh, plants uh, until after sin. So when we look at the fossil layers, we're able to easily see hey, a flood makes sense of why there's these fossil layers and then why we see these things of animals eating other animals. We see that because Genesis 9, where God gives permission for animals to be eaten, not just plants. So this is an important thing that we see. It should boost our faith and our confidence in what scripture says and in what we see in the world uh, by uh, evidence that we see in the fossil layers uh, and all kinds of stuff like that. It, our faith is rational. It's reasonable when we look in scripture and see what does scripture say and how can we see it applied in life and not let other outside uh, scientific uh, quote-unquote sources try to tell us what we have to believe. No, we need to see what scripture says and that should inform our beliefs and they are rational uh, as we've said before and as we've seen in scripture. So that's an important point in the beginning here. And then we see that uh, God uh, provides a warning for human beings that uh, whoever sheds human blood by humans shall their blood be shed for in the image of God has God made mankind. Once again, we see that mankind was made in the image of God, that we were set apart from creation. We were created differently. We weren't created like all the other animals. God uh, breathed life into us and made us in his image and that is an important concept for us as as human beings and as Christians to understand is that the life of a human being is sacred. The life of a human being is valuable. That's why here at Haven Word Thinking, we are advocates for the unborn, where we stand against abortion because we see here that every human being is made in the image of God, just as we saw in, in Genesis 1, we talked about in Genesis 2 as well. Uh, it's so important for us to see uh, the sanctity and the value of life because uh, God makes a huge deal about it, so we should make a big deal about it as well. That's why here, Evan, we're thinking that we are so uh, strong for pro-life and why we are against violence of all kinds like this, where we shed human blood. We are supposed to take human uh, life very seriously uh, and very sacred, not uh, go out and just kill people whenever we feel like it or, or have anger towards people whenever we like it. We, we are supposed to value other people. And we're, that includes uh, the lives of those um, babies uh, who are in the womb still. And that is an important thing that stands against what a lot of Christians are doing now, where they're uh, throwing out the sanctity of life, where they're just saying uh, it's... Uh, whatever they want and and it's okay because it's other people's choices but when we see that the choice uh encroaches upon what God says and when it goes against what God says when it goes against the value of human life that God ordains here in Genesis 9 and Genesis 1 and Genesis 2 we see that all throughout scripture we need to be very very careful as Christians that we're not straying from what scripture says and that we remain committed to what God's word and God's authority says not what man's word and man's authority says and that's been a a constant thing we've been seeing this battle between God's word God's uh, authority and man's word and man's authority we've been seeing that battle throughout all these first nine chapters of Genesis, so we're going to keep seeing that. Uh, So that's an important thing uh, to state and to remember here as we look at this chapter. And then we see in verse 7 again, we see God, if they didn't get it the first time, here's a reminder, as for you, be fruitful and increase in number, multiply on the earth and increase upon it. Uh, We get the fact that God wants uh, mankind to spread across the world. He wants them to populate the earth, and that plays a huge part in the Tower of Babylon. When we have the confusion and the spreading of all these languages, God has to do it for human beings because human beings, uh, continue to choose sin and refuse to do what God said and follow his commands. So we see these verses where God again and again is telling them what he wants them to do. It's important for us to notice that so that when we keep that in mind for later chapters as we go throughout these next couple chapters, and that'll really help us understand those chapters and why it's so important for human beings to have filled the earth and to go out and spread and fill and multiply. And then in verse 8, we have another important thing where God is establishing a covenant with Noah and his family and with uh, all the creatures of the world. Uh, He says, I will establish my covenant with you. In verse 11, never again will all life be destroyed by the waters of a flood. Never again will there be a flood to destroy the earth. Now, that doesn't mean there aren't going to be floods. We've seen tons of local floods. Uh, It happens every year. All the time we have uh, small floods, but we haven't seen a worldwide flood that wipes away everything. It's another key aspect of our beliefs here, why we believe in a global flood, because it wouldn't make sense for it to have been a local flood if God is saying, I will never send a flood like I did this time, uh, because we see local floods. So as Christians, uh, when you hear concepts of maybe it was a local flood, maybe it didn't really cover the whole world, well, we should come to Genesis chapter 9 and see that it wouldn't make sense. Otherwise, we're saying that God is a liar when he says he wasn't going to send another flood like he did, and we still see local floods. So it points to this global flood that we believe in as founded in scripture, and that's important for us to understand. And then in, in verse 12 uh, we, in 13, we see that God gives a sign of the covenant he's making between, it, and it is for Every living creature for all generations to come, it says in verse 12, and it's the rainbow. I have set my rainbow in the clouds and it will be the sign of the covenant between me and the earth. Whenever I bring clouds over the earth and the rainbow appears in the clouds, I will remember my covenant between me and you and all living creatures of every kind. Never again will the waters become a flood to destroy all life. So it's important to see that, to see that God sends a sign, a sign that we can see physically of his promise to never wipe all the earth away with a flood again. So whenever we see a rainbow, it should remind us of the promises of God, uh, of this promise specifically, but of all the promises of God, that he is faithful, he is committed to his promises, he is faithful to us to take care of us and to honor his word, what he promises he will fulfill, what he promises he will keep. So we should, again, be moved to be faithful toward God because he is faithful toward us. That's been a key thing. We talked about it last week in Genesis chapter 8. And we keep talking about it because it's so important for us to be faithful to the God who is always faithful to us. Another thing to point out here in uh, this chapter is the sign of the rainbow. It's a controversial topic nowadays in Christianity because we have the whole uh, pride flag that has tried to commandeer and change the rainbow and take a color away from it and make it their own. uh, And they've created that as a sign of uh, the homosexuality movement, and that stands in opposition to what God's word says. And so they have defied God by taking something that was God's and corrupting it. And so as Christians, it's very important for us to see that always sin is trying to corrupt what God made perfect, and we're trying to take away from it, and sin tries to corrupt it and twist it into something it's not. So as Christians, when we see a rainbow, it should be a symbol of God's promise, not of uh, sexual immorality, not of sin, uh, and not of all these evil things that we have tried to create it to be. And it's important for us to Christian, as Christians to stand on God's word firmly and not to give in, not to compromise with sinfulness, not to compromise with the world. The world wants us to compromise. The world wants us to be uh, tolerant, they'll call it, uh, but that's not what it is. They want us to throw out God's word and God's authority and to substitute man's word and man's authority, as we've seen so many times here. And this is an important thing to understand. Once again, Again, we see that in the first few chapters of Genesis, there was created male and female. We've seen it again and again and again. It points out, God points it out again and again through scripture that there was created male and female, male and female. And the first marriage as a model for all marriage was supposed to be one man, one woman in the context of marriage uh, to have uh, that special marriage relationship. So the whole homosexual pride, uh, LGBTQ movement that is twisting the rainbow Uh, that does not have any uh, scriptural founding. So as Christians, we need to be careful that we do not uh, give that to them. Uh, we need to love all people. We need to make sure that we are uh, filled with love and that we love people as Jesus loved them. But that does not mean that we condone sin. and That does not mean that we twist scripture and get away from scripture. We need to remain steadfastly committed to scripture while still loving people, not the sin. So that's an important thing to see here, that we remain committed to the truth of scripture and not let symbols, not let things, not let words be twisted into things that they are not. Because sin always tries to twist. The devil always wants to corrupt and twist things that God made perfect, uh, such as his rainbow, his sign, and they like to twist it. The devil wants to twist it into something. It's not and make it an imperfect sign. Uh, And that's what we've seen in the world around us. So that's important uh, to make that uh, concept well known in this chapter. And then we see, uh, once again, uh, that this sign, this rainbow is the sign of the covenant that God has established between me and all life on the earth. Uh, God keeps in these first few chapters repeating certain words, certain phrases, certain concepts over and over and over. And and it just shows the faithfulness of God in this covenant verse right here. It shows that he is completely serious about his covenant, that God is going to be faithful to his covenant, and that we should be faithful to God. And we should remember that in our own lives, God is always going to be faithful, and we should too. We should be living our lives uh, as Noah did, as we've talked about. As now we're at the end of the flood story, we need to make sure that we are approaching life in the way that Noah did, where he obeyed God. He did everything. As scripture says, he did everything that God commanded him to do. We should be doing the same thing in our own lives and we should be trying to uh, be righteous in a dark generation. We should be shining lights the light of Christ in a dark generation. And we see that in our own world today. It's a perfect chance, an opportunity for us as Christians to shine in the midst of darkness, to shine brightly for Christ, and to try to point people back towards Jesus, back towards truth, back towards God's truth, which is scripture, the scriptural foundation for all of our beliefs. And we need to point people to them. Otherwise, they're going to be totally tossed around by all kinds of craziness and have a really unsolid foundation of worldliness where it's all based on man's word and man's authority. We really need to get back to God's word and God's authority. So I hope you've been challenged today. This is a very uh, challenging chapter, Genesis chapter 9, and we're going to next week uh, be working on uh, Genesis chapter 9, uh, the end of that, and working in, in chapter 10, we're going to see the table of nations, and we're going to keep moving forward as we continue to progress from the beginning. So I hope you'll uh, read and get into your scripture, see what scripture has, r- refresh your mind with what we've already studied, and, and look ahead to what we're going to study, and then join us next time for another episode of From the Beginning, here at Read Thinking.